Oh, Andrea Tessman. Yes, Kirk Bucker. You know, we pulled uh, we pulled what they call an audible in pro football. We were going to do Runaway by Del Shannon, but we didn't think we'd get past the 10-minute mark. I think we both really like it. There's not that much to say about it. We could have squeezed more, but we found a better lemon. Yeah, I think that to summarize Runaway by Del Shannon, mm-hmm. um, it's a great song. There's nothing exciting about it. Well, I, I, I can say, because my, my main point on it, was, and it's not going to take that long. It's kind of similar a bit to what we're going to be talking about with Tiffany, believe it or not. After Elvis got out of the army, he was a dud in my eyes. And Little Richard wasn't really doing much anymore. Buddy Holly died, and the Beatles hadn't come yet. So you've got this weird musical abyss in the early, in the very early 60s. And with with Runaway, you had a song that could still appeal to the, the ones who really wanted the faster tempo and kind of longed for sort of that rock that rock bit. Even though it wasn't doo-wop, Del Shannon's why, 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 why? I mean, it sort of had a bit of that. It, mm-hmm. had, it had the angst for the people paying mm-hmm. attention to the lyrics. It really had every, and it, it, it was influential with the use of uh, the organ that they used, which I, I didn't think we were going to talk about it, so I don't even remember what type it was, but it was argued that this oh, was, was one of the... Oh, um, it was Del Shannon, the, the keyboardist actually basically created that organ. I can't think of now what it was called, but it was like pre-synthesizer. Um, yeah, it was kind of a cool thing, but... Yeah, yeah. and there was nothing else like it. So it was that perfect elixir for that to be go number one at that particular time. So I guess when we really asked ourselves, how the hell did this go to number one? It was an easy answer. A good formula. Yes, absolutely. It just was the perfect song for the perfect era. And dare I say, one of my all-time favorites, period. I, 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 I think it's a near-perfect rock song. This one isn't. <laughs> well, I'd say you um, picked a gooder, but I there's not much good about this. Uh, no, no. But we'll say this recording of this song. Well, we went with Tiffany. I think we're alone now. 1987, late 1987, and oh boy, this is my fault because I picked it. I wish I didn't. I've got that damn song in my head. It's it's like you ever see Star Trek Two? Probably not, because you're not a nerd. I've seen Star Trek Two. I've seen all the Star Treks. Okay, so in Star Trek Two, you know it sort of opens up and they put like some crazy earworm in uh, Chekhov's ear. Yep, that's what happened here to me. I it, <laughs> it's just bur- burrowing inside. It's not leaving me alone. But I guess we have to talk about how we got here. And I didn't, you know what, until until this, I didn't know what her real last name was. Darwish. I did not either. Yep. Good good call. Not just going by Tiffany. That was that was very intelligent on her part. So from LA, had some country music dreams. She can sing. Not she's not the best singer, but she's she's good enough. Yeah, she's got some pipes, and I think part of the success of the song, I mean, it was it was directly targeted at preteens and teeny boppers. 
mm-hmm. but um, she her voice is more mature than a fifteen year old should sound. You know, like, it is. So um, she's got she's got a you know good depth to her her voice. The song isn't difficult. There's no real stretch to the range or anything like that, and it's just so eighties bubblegum synth pop that it's just disgusting. It is. Um, so I gotta say first though, I love this song. When you at I the was time. Like, Six when it came out, and I remember as a little kid, like singing along to it and like dancing, making up dance moves. Um, so there's that. There's there's some nostalgia associated with this. Um, but going back and listening to it, there's. I mean, there's still some nostalgia associated, but it's it's poorly done. It's um, just underproduced, undersung. She didn't know what she was singing about. So the song is, I mean, the song's about teenagers sneaking away to have sex. And I don't, I think she was probably quite pure and innocent. This is pre, uh, pre-Playboy. pre <laughs> She well, was 15. Yeah. I don't How old think was she, she at this she point? She didn't understand what the song was about. Um. So there's no emotion in it. There's no yeah. anything. But that's it's what they just, wanted. It is. And that's where that, it's just that bubblegum, happy, ditzy, mall rap thing. But before we get there, did you see her performance on Star Search three years before? I didn't actually watch that, no. Okay. so like, I know she plays second. Yeah, so I, I couldn't tell you who won. Whoever won is irrelevant. Uh, Star Search, for those not aware... Actually, Andrew, did you ever watch that show? No. Okay. So, like, that was a syndicated show, and it was hosted by Ed McMahon. I think he produced it, too. It was a pretty... It was a really good idea, and really a precursor of American Idol, and a lot of these talent shows that you... Or the next evolution of talent shows, I should say. Uh, Because some call it the precursor of American Idol. It's really not, but... It was the next logical step at the time, but they did things a little differently. So they had not just singers, they had comedians compete. They had actors for a bit, but that didn't really go too far. Then the, the, the really dopey part was they also had spokesmodels. So you're competing to be the best spokesmodel. <laughs> now, Tiffany didn't win. I, I looked up a list here of those who competed on this show and didn't win. All right, so listen to this, and I'm not being sarcastic when I say this. There's a shitload of talent who went on this. So, Aaliyah, Adam Sandler, Alanis, The Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears, Conan O'Brien, Dave Chappelle, Dennis Miller, Before They Were Destiny's Child, Girls' time. So, yes, Beyonce. That's impressive. Yeah. Drew Carey. So, basically, if you mm-hmm. didn't win, you stood a better chance of uh, making it yeah. than if you did. Yeah, these are all the people who didn't win. And there's more bit, more massive names here. Uh, Justin Timberlake. Kevin James. Leanne Rimes. Norm MacDonald. 
Tiffany, as we as we said, uh, Sinbad. Since Sinbad had a nice little career, uh, Sharon Stone, that would have been in the spokesmodel, and Rosie O'Donnell, who was not in spokesmodel. <laughs> these are yeah. These are this is a talented group of of people who are on this. None of which won, and all the ones who beat them are well. We're asking you if you want fries with that meal. So Tiffany, so I don't think Tiffany got signed right after this, but you know the parents pushed them. Well, I don't know that really, really they pushed. Parents seem to have sucked, from what I learned. I didn't know this. Yeah, I mean, she got into a legal battle with her her mother and stepdad over her um, her earnings that her manager helped her out with. And yeah, I, I didn't realize they said, I mean, they, they separated when she was basically a year old. Mm -hmm. She lived with her dad for a while. She lived with her mom for like, I I don't really know, but yeah, it sounds like her mother was Was not the greatest person. Yes. uh, Apparently was a drunk, not, not too good a person. Now, this is a weird thing for me. So you probably read about George Tobin, who basically became her Svengali, uh, ma- managed her, uh, found her when she was recording something. I forget what, but... Just a demo. Yeah, and sort of saw... Just some- happened to be in the same studio yeah. recording a demo. And... When she was 12. Yeah, when she was 12. Oh, so I guess that would have been around Star Search. So I don't know. Or maybe it was right after. So he he saw something in her, and as much as... I, I was reading sort of like the whole deals of, of the whole contract where he's getting 50% of everything and she's paying the expenses for all that. So, you know, tr- yeah, that traditional shitty deal. I don't, here we have because of Tiffany's mom and just because there's not a lot of bad shit written about Tobin. Here we have the, the, the awful manager who's still awful, but he's not really that bad in this story. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's the impression that I got too. Um, like he took over basically her entire career, but he doesn't sound like he's. There doesn't seem to be anything really negative about him. No, he did industry standard, which was all for me and a bit and a bit for you, and he helped her keep what was for her. So mm-hmm. you know, there's that. But Tobin came up with, I think, the most brilliant marketing idea for this person. So you have a 15-year-old at the time who can't perform in clubs, is doing an album that basically is marketing towards people who can't go into clubs anyway. So where do you go? The mall. Let's go to the mall. <laughs> Oh, sorry. That's Robin Sparkles. Yes. Never mind. But that's... And granted, Robin Sparkles was based off of Alanis, mm-hmm. but she pretty much could be based off of Tiffany. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess now that I'm sort of reading more, I guess it's more Tiffany, but because it's a Canadian character, I just ran with more Alanis. But Alanis wasn't much different. Early Alanis. For those people who were thinking of Jagged Little Pill, uh, look up look up pre-Alanis and... It'll blow your mind. That'd be a good one to cover. And but it worked. So this music video, it, it worked. Mm-hmm. And the music video is basically, I think they paid about forty-eight dollars 
and um, just use video snippets of her performing in a bunch of malls. And it's terrible. It's just her being all dancey and boppy and smiling. And it's nothing to do with the words or the lyrics or the sentiment. It's just terrible. But that's why it also works for that audience. That's why six-year-old Andrea loved it. You're not thinking right? of- I had no idea what it was about. Even 10-year-old Andrea. Yeah, it was a great song. By Tommy James, it was a great song. It was. The original version of this was actually an excellent song. Mm-hmm. It, um, just the, the variation in the tonality of it, the, the sound, you know, it, it, I mean, let's face it, it's a horny teenager wanting to get laid, mm-hmm. but, um, but they actually use the music and, you know, when they go, I think we're alone now, then it just like completely shuts down and you just hear that, that drum beat of a heart and some crickets. Like it's, it's extremely well done. Yeah, it's a little bit of uh, Paradise by the Dashboard Light, you know, the sexual anticipation. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, not quite as... Um, Direct. <laughs> Paradise by the Dashboard Light. There's, there's no innuendo there. I mean, it's all innuendo, but mm. it's, there's no... Uh, it, the meaning isn't hidden. It's very upfront about what they're talking about. You know, too, too bad we're not doing this by video because my facial impression of meatloaf uh, for that video is actually pretty pretty spot on. It's like, let me sleep on it, babe. But, but it's, it's, I can't do the song. I can't do the singing, but but just sort of like, you know, doing because I, I got a fat face. So I'm just sort of like just doing that, like that little fat angst, like, oh, I'm, I'm going to get some. <laughs> okay, so aside from the original, I got to say my favorite cover of this song is the Billy Joe Armstrong version. I haven't heard it. It's really true to the original, but still sounds like Green Day. I don't know how he managed, but he did a really good job of it. And he just did it like in his living room because it's COVID. Oh, this is recent. Okay. Maybe that's why I'm not. Yeah, I think it it. was last year. Oh, okay. Okay. So Tiffany becomes a major star with that super innocent. Her look was. And I know it's sort of funny, like, we're two white people talking about another white woman, but she doesn't look like your standard white girl, if that makes any sense. She's not, I don't think, consider her hot. I don't know that she's... I don't know. Well, I don't know. I, I think she's very, she's pretty redhead. Okay, but I, she, but I she, don't know. but she's... She's also 15 in this video, so... Yeah, but I was the same, I'm the same age. So I'm going by what I remember when I was 15. Yeah. So, like, I remember watching 15-year-old Tiffany as 15-year-old Kirk thinking, yeah, she wants me. (laughs) (laughs) Knowing full well that no, she didn't, and nor did any other girl in my high school. So then I got mad. But that's another story. So... So, But but she wasn't... I mean... I guess why why I brought that up, though, is because she wasn't... Like, a a lot of these manufacturers... No, I don't say manufactured pop stars, but... Let's just say someone who's young now and who's, uh, it's not, I don't know, think it's the best comparison, but let's say Selena Gomez. Mm-hmm. 
Selena Gomez to people that age, if you're going somewhere, she might be the most attractive woman in that room. Tiffany's not. But I don't know. I mean, I, I don't yeah. sure. I don't think she's the the most beautiful woman, but I she's pretty. Uh, no, I'm not and saying she's got I'm she's not, got a good voice. I'm not so. saying that she's not. I'm not saying that and I and I probably didn't word this very well. I'm not attacking Tiffany's looks. I'm more saying that she's not your traditional looking pop star. She looks like somebody that a lot of girls could say, I could be that. As opposed to maybe someone like Selena Gomez or like Demi Lovato now. Like, I wish I could be that. Does that make sense? It does, but also it's a very different standard of beauty we have now than they did in the 80s. Sure, but three years Everything later... is so overly made up and airbrushed and artificial. Yeah, but three, three years later, look, who, look who came out of that. Demi Lovato and Selena Gomez don't look like Demi Lovato and Selena Gomez. Well, yeah. No, that, that's, that, that is very true. But you the, know, but, you look at the Kardashians with or without makeup and you wouldn't even recognize them. It was also the 80s. Every girl had a lot of makeup. Yeah, but terrible makeup. True. 80s makeup and today's makeup is very different. So while they had bold colors and cakey makeup, it certainly wasn't the um, the makeup we have today that allows you to completely transform your face shape and... Everything. Right, I'm out of my depth like if it, we go any further in this conversation. So you're going to have to lead this. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to say that if she were 15 now, she would look stunningly beautiful for her um, professional persona. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying I think because she wasn't, she had a more of a girl next door vibe. That made it more wholesome and that also made it more accessible. And this, I think, was a huge asset to her and her contemporary Debbie Gibson. Everything I just said about Tiffany, with the exceptions of sort of the red hair, although Debbie looked more like your traditional, you know, blonde, blue eyed girl. Tiffany wasn't. And she does have, she does have, you know, the aquiline nose and I'm not knocking it. I think it's pretty neat. I think that's her best feature, actually. But it's different. Um, yeah, and I think you're right. They were definitely going for the girl next door, very innocent, cute look. And it worked for this music. It worked for the song. Uh, this blew up. It got her national attention. And this wasn't – she wasn't one and done. Maybe one album and done, but not really. Uh, there was this, the second number one, which I'm blanking on because I, I hate it. What was it? ballad um i can't remember another wham ballad that's pretty irrelevant no it has it it does it doesn't hold up not that this holds up but nobody's doing a 30-year retrospective on whatever that second number one is that we can't remember which is how bad that bad that is right that i can't remember it i just looked this up and i I can't be bothered to hit, hit a mouse pad and just say click oh that's what it was because who cares? <laughs> um, yeah, and now it's bugging me. All right, so I guess uh, you'll look that up, and while you're doing that, I will bash on one song that was from this album that oh, I absolutely dis- could have been. Could have been. Thank you. Could have been so blah blah blah. I guess that that was her version of angst. 
There was another uh, hit on this that didn't go number one. And I'm going to say this to anybody. If you're covering the Beatles, don't. Because <laughs> uh, it was a cover of uh, I Saw Her Standing There, only I Saw Him Standing There. It's absolutely dreadful. It stinks. Never do it. You're never going to be the Fab Four. And if you are, go just take it to a completely different place. And you may fail, but you're going to fail anyway. So fail mis- So like fail in an epic way, not in a wet fart like this. Sorry. just felt like saying that. Yeah, I think that's pretty legitimate. Now, one, so around this time, then I guess a couple years later, I, don't, I didn't remember this happening at all. I don't remember Tiffany uh, go, going seeking emancipation from her parents, who apparently, as you mentioned earlier, uh, did what a lot of, sadly, has happened to a lot of other uh, teen celebrities or child celebrities, built their kids and kept their money. Uh-huh. Uh, I did, from what I read about the lawsuit, it didn't quite work out the full emancipation. She wound up living with her grandmother. But the great thing when you sort of look at Tiffany now, she never really had a, a big hits after that. But she's not bitter. She's not jaded. She's a happy mom. This is a success story to me. There's nothing sad about her, her life and career. Not one thing. No, I mean... She was married and divorced twice, um, and she continued to put out records later on um, in varying styles and to not really any real success. Mm-hmm. And but she's a, not bitter. No, bit of an acting career, played mm-hmm. in some cheesy B-movies, and um, yeah. But no, she seems pretty content. Oh, and she did some of the, like, Celebrity Apprentice-type shows. Big Brother, I can't even remember. But she did some of those celebrity reality TV stuff. I'll I'll give her credit for this, because sometimes when... And I'm guilty of this, and I try not to be. When you look at a celebrity that is... I don't want to say fallen on hard times, or just their, their their celebrity status is certainly a fraction of what it was you tend to want to look down on them. And that's not really something that anyone should do. I mean, like they accomplished a hell of a lot and Tiffany did accomplish quite a bit. Is she an iconic person in the pantheon of, of music, uh, the musical zeitgeist? No, but she knows where she was. She knows who she is. She, you mentioned Robin Sparkle. She appeared as a background singer in the video for it. And the let's go to the mall. <laughs> right. I mean, that's self-aware. That's awesome. And that's her saying, yeah, this is what I was. Pretty cool, huh? Want to hear about it? No? Okay. I'll go hang out. I'll go talk to my kids. Bye. Because uh-huh. here's somebody who has every reason to be bitter and she's not. And that's awesome. I like this sort of happy ending here. Yeah, I do too. It's, um, it, yeah, it, it's a shitty song, but it was extremely well constructed for the time and for what it was. And it was, it, everything it, about it was, was planned and created and it worked well. 
Now, one thing though, I, forgot, I forgot to mention, did you know that she used to date the one who turned out to be gay in New Kids on the Block? Uh, was that Lance Bass? No, that's it. You got your boy bands wrong. Oh, I always get my boy bands wrong. I, but yes, I know who you're talking about. I just can't actually think of who that is right now. Yeah, I'm blanking on his name too. Uh, he was basically the wolf. New, new kids, because like at that point when they broke out, I would have been seven, 16, 17, apparently. Well, not apparently. Uh, they opened for her. And uh-huh. I actually saw a documentary years ago about new kids. And they, they mentioned that and they said like it got so bad because the popularity became just so huge that they flipped who was the opener. So Tiffany wound up opening for new kids according to this documentary, although I didn't see anything to back that up. Interesting. I thought it was a later tour that she opened for them. It might have been. But it could be. It might have been. I mean, so like, I mean, not because documentaries never sort of lie. (laughs) Never. Yeah. But yeah, she did. Crap. I can't remember. Because whenever I thought of new kids, because I would have been 17, 8 when they broke. And then all the girls were going nuts for them. So, and, and you couldn't escape it. You could, now if somebody, if something's really big in music, you, you can escape it if you really want to, especially at our age. But then it was inescapable. So I just knew, knew she dated the one who never, who never had any words or any solos. Let's see. Step one, you can have, that's not him. <laughs> Step two, there's so much we can not have. Step three, it's just step four, I can give you more. Step five. Fuck, I don't even know which Let step he was. I think he was step four. <laughs> I don't remember. And I guess sort of seeing Tiffany made him gay. Prob that probably didn't happen, but Probably not. Probably not. And this is the second person we've covered that has been in a Playboy centerfold. Carney Wilson being the first. And just again, right. for the, for the for research purposes, I, I checked that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you think? Airbrush. <laughs> uh, lots of airbrush. Again, like uh, I'm not slagging on Tiffany's looks, but Tiffany doesn't look like that. Like that was like also to an era. It's so weird. Do they even make Playboy magazine anymore? They must. I I don't know. I don't either. I've, um, I'm not a Playboy aficionado. Well, um, who's a magazine aficionado for that matter? Right. I mean, I, it's. I know at one point a few years ago they decided to just eliminate all centerfolds and all nudity, and then they went back to it. But I, they might have actually ceased operation in terms of oh, just putting up magazine. Uh, the Iconic magazine has ended its print run after 66 years. Okay. Marking the beginning of a new fully digital era of Playboy. That was April last year. So it's been a year. Fully digital. What's the point? You know, I don't know. I mean, at this point. People just get all their all their kicks off OnlyFans. Apparently, I just learned what that is. You didn't know what OnlyFans is? Why would I know? Oh that? yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, it's I, I don't I don't know I don't I'm, I'm at that weird age, Andrea. There's not really a whole lot I feel like exploring in terms of, of uh, 
Oh, I would like to see her naked. Well, I can look at her, find other ones naked easy. I found Tiffany naked super easy. What do I need an OnlyFans for? <laughs> I don't... The thing with Only, OnlyFans is there's a lot of people with weird kinks on there. And foot fetishes seem to be like a thing. Oh, uh, okay. That makes sense. So it's a lot of like people doing really weird niche things. Um, okay. And yeah, people subscribing for however little a month for it. I don't really know. Um, I just joke with friends about it, but, uh, okay. All right. Well, that makes, that's, that makes that's more my sense. Impression. It's, it's not like, it's not like traditional porn. You can get cam girls anywhere. It's more like very specific, weird or not weird, but niche things. Okay. Well, well that, that actually makes a lot more sense. I get that. So I guess we close off with Tiffany. Who do we enter with? Well, I was thinking, before you suggested Tiffany, I was thinking of bringing up Debbie Gibson next. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that I want to do another week of bubblegum pop right now. Okay. So I decided instead, well, we'll get back to to Debbie Gibson because she's a very talented young woman who um, I would say maybe doesn't have quite the vocal pipes of Tiffany, but definitely is probably more talented overall. Better career, I'd say, too. Um, yeah. But instead, I decided to go back in time to 1970. Okay. Uh, wait, 70? 70s. I think it might be 72. Okay. Um, and we're going to look into Bill Withers. Unfortunately, not Ain't No Sunshine, because that peaked at number two. Okay. But the equally great... Lean on me. I can watch the movie again. Right? And since none, of you, got, uh, since none of you are going to what? graduate anyway, you are all expelled. Goodbye. <laughs> See you later. I'm a big Bill Withers fan. Um, so I think that uh, I think we can have some fun with this one. That's going to be someone I'm really looking – yeah, I'm looking forward to doing a deep dive in his career. Member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inducted – I don't remember exactly what year, but I think within the last 10 years. Yeah, Bill Withers. Yeah, that is, that's, a, that's a good one. That's a very good one. My, lean on me. And another song that should never be covered. Yeah, it's a good campfire song, though. Nobody should cover it seriously, but everybody should know how to play it. I can't say I know what a good campfire song is because usually I'm just passing a big giant bottle of Jack and I don't remember what's going on around me, <laughs> as you've seen. I have witnessed this. Yeah. Well, that's pre-COVID, kids. Uh, we weren't as scared of other stuff. Pre-COVID, <laughs> post-AIDS scare. Although we yeah, we figured the jack would uh, kill off anything that you might be catching. Although we did have a neighbor that had herpes. <laughs> I'll tell you that off air. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. All right. Thanks for uh, almost making my drink go up my nose there. <laughs> and end well, and ending on venereal diseases. We'll see you next week, and it's kind of weird for us to say, "Stay safe, everyone." And stay classy. Well, no, you don't have to. <laughs>